This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the pilot! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, Instagram Live at Omar Duri, or even newly launched the YouTube channel. That's right, I said it, the YouTube channel um, on Pulse95 Radio. You can check us out. What do we have in store for you today? Guys, fresh news, and I'm talking fresh, 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 fresh. One hour ago, we heard that Manchester City are off the European ban, which means the Champions League is back for Manchester City. If they finish in the top four, which it looks like it, fifth, sixth, seventh, doesn't matter anymore. And that happened today. One hour ago, two hours ago, live. It happened here. So now, what do we have in store? Top four is all that matters. We were talking about top five, going back and forward, seeing what's going to happen. That's the first thing. Mario Balotelli, you remember the name? Why always me? He is edging closer to Sharjah Football Club. That's right. He's coming to the UAE. And we have a report saying he's almost there. We're talking about the enigma, the footballer and the human being. That's Mario Balotelli. The North London derby served up a little bit of a surprise. But not a surprise when it comes down to Jose Mourinho. His style, his technique and his strategy. We're going to be discussing that later on. And of course, UFC 251, the aftermath. Were you disappointed? Were you excited? Did you enjoy it? Did you not? Was it worth staying up for that? We'll find out all this and more on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. Let's go. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the pilot. What a goal. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. It sure is that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Duri. First of all, let me just say welcome to the show. Everyone is tuned in. Everyone from London, UAE. You've got the US. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. You've got Saudi. Shout out to Rawan, Spicy, Ali, Ala, uh, Anud. We've got who else have we got here? We've got Murad, of course. And who else? Wow, Pulse95, Benny, Saad, Mo, of course, my guy from the gym. Everyone here, shout out to everyone who's tuning in. Now, listen, guys, a lot to go through, so let's just dive straight into it. Now, Manchester City just got ruled. Uh, they're, they've been in trial and had you know, a lot of question marks on whether they will be playing Champions League football next season. Now, for those that don't know what happened due to the financial fair play, they were questioned on how there were certain funds coming in and out of the account, which were funding a lot of different accounts. Now, from that point, their Champions League status was under question, especially that if you finish in the top four in the league, you get Champions League status. Now, saying that, we were thinking of a top five just in case Manchester City couldn't make it. Right, scrap out those shows. Now they're back. Uh, City will be in the Champions League. They got slapped with just a 10 uh, million euro fine rather than 25. And instead of a two-year ban, that's been scrapped off. However, there are still things that could fall out of place, but very highly unlikely when we think about that. So, 
in that sense, we've got a lot of things now that put into perspective when it comes to the league. And amongst those things that we're putting into the league is the fact that we've got a top four now that will decide it. So far, Liverpool have won the league. Manchester City are second. And then you have, I believe it's Chelsea and Leicester and then United with a game in hand if they go through time. But guys, what do you think of this? We've seen Paris Saint-Germain, you know, let off free. We've seen um, Manchester United let off free. Galatasaray won. They got a one-year ban. Chelsea also got a one-year ban. So what do we think about all this? You know, has this been just justice or have they been let off the hook? And in that sense, why do you feel they have been let off the hook, especially under the spotlight? And that wasn't easy because they had about 32 lawyers on the case. COVID hit as well. I think that has a huge part to say in what's going on. Uh, the UAE must be very happy that Manchester City are, are back, let's say. And not only that, a lot of contracts were under question. And then we thought about Pep Guardiola. Would he stay there another year? So, um, Sergio Aguero, would he stay? Kevin De Bruyne, all these superstars were questioned whether they'd give it one more year. And right now, with this decision, it changes a lot of things. So for everyone that is tuned in, how... You know, how do you justify what's just happened? And is is it really, you know, is there any sense to financial fair play? You know, for me, someone who studied the game for a while, I still don't actually get how they come up with these decisions. Chelsea were banned from transfers. That was something. I kept that in mind. Fine. But now they're back. And then Match City with a lot of... You know, let's say the ins and outs of the club, including the the link with the US, which is New York FC, including the link with France. They had all these feeder clubs as well with players and managers and coaches that they have in place. So there's so many things here that, you know, is under question, but we don't really know how they came to that decision. One thing we do have to be clear about, and Mo, you raised a good question earlier. With that, you've got to keep in mind that that was the CAS and not FIFA, UEFA, the Corp Arbitration Society. That was the one that actually, you know, made the ruling. Premier League still has a say in it and so do uh, UEFA. So there are a few things there that can change the verdict, but it's very, very unlikely. So that's regarding Manchester City. It does change the game a lot now because the teams that were really fighting to be in the top four with only a couple of games left have not that much power to finish fifth. Manchester United have a chance to, to jump in the top four tonight as they play Southampton, which looks like it's quite favorable for United. Mason Greenwood's obviously been on fire. He's been killing it at the moment. And not only that, the whole team has been inspired by the signing of Bruno Fernandes, the organization of the defense. Yes, they might be leaking in defense, but at the same time, they haven't been punished for mistakes and have capitalized incredibly in their counter-attacking football, which is not just good for United. It's not just good for the Premier League. It's excellent for England because if you look at the stars that are growing through the Premier League being able to play regular football is key and that's why we're very very happy to see the young players Mason Greenwood Rashford all these players including the fullbacks as well really progressing and that's a very very good thing for English football but that doesn't say that we have a full-fledged United team yet. Yes, United fans might be out and they might be about and they might be talking a big game, but yes, they have every right to because they've been winning games. But right now, it comes to that part of the season now when there's nothing really that they're playing for apart from fourth place. For many, many years, managers were criticised for finishing in the top four because they said that wasn't a trophy. And United fans were the first people to say, why are you so happy about finishing top four? It's not a trophy. Nowadays, 
The roles have been reversed. Why? Because Liverpool have taken that mantle and they've now won the Champions League and won the Premier League. Manchester City have been consistent throughout all these teams around them by either winning something a season, minimum, minimum, one to two cups every year. And they're... Sterling said something very interesting. He said, our season starts now. And that was before the Liverpool game. And they showed their true colours. They're playing with such fluidity at the moment. And they've even got Phil Foden absolutely killing it in there. So that's another huge, huge plus for Manchester City. So there is some sort of rise. I think one of the best things that we've seen this year is the fact that the Euros were postponed. Why? Because it enabled these players to grow, which probably wouldn't have had an opportunity to play at the major tournaments. And the biggest result this year for Manchester City is not against the teams, it's actually winning against the Champions League position that they were going to lose. And that is how we're going to wrap up that sub. But coming up next, guys, we talk about the UFC 251 aftermath, which was here in the UAE. For those that watched it, what did you think of it? Were you disappointed? Was it what you expected? All this and more on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local, buzzing at all the energy in the room today. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in. Uh, shout out to Dino, Hassan, Lara, Ala. Lauren, all the way from New York, tuned in. Shout out to my bro, Florin. Thank you so much. And of course, Murad. And you got Rawan from the UK. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are talking about the UFC 251 aftermath. Now, so much was coming into this. The excitement of UFC coming to the UAE. The excitement of UFC and the card that they had. So many people on that card. We had three championships. We had some of the best of the best. And I was so happy to kind of watch that. But you know what? Those early hours, guys. <laughs> I'll tell you now those early hours were tough and uh and i definitely you know i woke up around what three in the morning i know it started from two the early early prelims but i was tough to kind of get through and um and i will go through a couple of things now if you haven't watched that uh sorry lara i'm gonna about to burn it for you because there was a few things that i have to talk about and uzman versus masvidal was clearly the talk coming in with uh, with um masvidal taking it on six days notice plenty of things in terms of the weight cut which was tough and also the fact that he took the fight on short notice because Gilbert Burns had taken himself out of the fight due to testing positive for COVID. Now, with that in mind, everyone wanted to see this fight and we knew that Usman was conditioned for that. And when someone asked me last week what I thought or predicted for this fight, man, I wish I could predict all the results like that, including my own team. But I'll tell you one thing, I did say that Usman would be in control and the longer the fight got into that, it wouldn't take a genius to figure out that the way his body is conditioned as a wrestler and as a grappler and as someone who can pin you down would be able to channel that all in place to last the whole thing now some people do call him all sorts of names like snoozeman and all that kind of stuff but you know what styles make fights and he got the job done against uh, uh george masvidal who is lethal especially in the first two rounds so talking about that uzman was in control but had more to lose from a superstar point of view why do i say that because masvidal stocks 
definitely raised and Diaz looks like he'll be next or even Colby Covington and saying that he had nothing to lose coming into this as long as he didn't lose uh, by knockout or an early fight his stock would have remained high and he is a superstar we all know him for for the, the qualities that he brings not only in the octagon but also outside so having a look at him it was always the fact that we, we kind of understood he's like the fans favorite while Usman is the person that gets the job done and there's a reason why he's got 12 wins on the spin equaling the record of George St. Pierre um, in the UFC Usman Burns or probably Usman Edwards next I think for him his style his conditioning his cardio was phenomenal so we got to give our hats off to Usman but the other fights that were on the card was Volkanovski uh, versus Holloway now there was a controversial win in this again for Volkanovski the first fight might have been a lot closer but when assessing the fight there was an uh, the first two rounds were definitely for Holloway there was an all-important third round decider the fourth round was definitely for Volkanovski and thinking of that when you look at the significant strikes 44 to 15 and 61 to 1 you know um, for Aldo versus uh, Yan was something else as well so there was a lot of things in terms of how you score points there's a lot of uh, feet stamps and things like that uh, who's next I mean that's that's kind of the thing that we're looking for especially now do they run it again third time for Holloway and Alex or do they you know give, give it a chance to someone else I kind of fear that Max Holloway will kind of lay low for a while just because he's had two really poor decisions especially the second fight which wasn't in his favor you know we're looking at who are gonna who are gonna fight next and especially when you look at you know um, Henry Cejudo letting go of the title retiring and then so so far to speak speaking back on Twitter so many things in that Aljamain Sterling maybe stylistically very different long and covers distance well um, but I'm not sure how that will go one thing that I was very impressed with was Rose Nama Yunus versus Andrade the fight of the night uh, the first two rounds was definitely a clinic and the way she broke that down Rose was incredible if you see the way she looked afterwards you can tell she got um, hit a few times but lucky for her it wasn't five rounds it was three rounds because the third round um, Andrade landed an uppercut and broke her nose so that was regarding that trying to cover as much for you as possible um, in terms of what happened in the UFC had it been five rounds though I do feel the result may have been different and who's next for for uh, for Rose it's got to be Zhang Wei Li I think I think that's that's the fight that makes sense for her what stood out what was your fight of the night what was the biggest surprise were you happy that Max Holloway you know didn't get the decision or were you uh, hoping that George Masvidal would knock out Usman especially in the first two rounds there was some explosive fighting from him there but it wasn't enough for him to get the result on points I think overall there's a lot to take from that but there was this thing and I think this is where we missed the fans that kind of excitement that electricity would have definitely elevated the fight and made it you know something else where Usman would be under pressure to perform or land certain strikes in certain ways which probably the fans would have been a bit more on his back about but then again saying that you got to give him credit when fighters step into the octagon it's a different story and unless you stepped in or had a fight you won't know and that is something that we noticed from UFC 251 text us on 4215 or do or slide into our DMs at Omar Pulse 95 Radio and let me know 
What was your fight of the night? What fight did you enjoy? Did you enjoy the whole thing as a whole? Lara says she saw a pic of uh, Rose Namayunas and it looked it looked bad. Yeah, you'll definitely look forward to that one, Lara. Shout out to Ioni and uh, Divrat Singh as well, who's tuned in. Guys, coming up next, Mario Balotelli is edging closer to Sharjah FC. The Enigma, the footballer and the human being might be coming to Sharjah in the UAE, so I can't wait for that. And if that is true... A lot to look forward to, especially in Sharjah. On the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Umar Paduri on Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire This is the Halftime Show with Umar Aduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time. It's the halftime show. The Omar Duri shout out to everyone who's tuned in on the Instagram live. You got Rawan and uh, Hassan keeping me company. You also have Marvish as well. Shout out to Marvish for every support uh, message you give on the show. We really appreciate it. Now, guys and ladies, we're we're not only talking about sports. We like to talk about characters. We like to zone into personalities. What I like normally is to kind of take it and look depth on a character, a certain character that for some people have always looked at him as some sort of an enigma. Now, for some people, he might be known as wearing a t-shirt saying, why always me? And he's also someone that has played at some of the biggest clubs in the world. He's super talented, but sometimes his performances off the field have affected his performances on the field. If you haven't guessed yet, Mario Balotelli is on the menu today. And the reason why it's very exciting for us here at Pulse95 is because Mario Balotelli is heading to Sharjah. Apparently, Sharjah FC. That's right, you heard it here. There is uh, a reporter I know very well called Ali Khalid. Shout out to Ali Khalid, by the way. One of the best journalist in the game and I spoke to him uh, about a week ago two weeks ago and he actually interviewed Mario Balotelli's agent now there's a lot of talk about what's happening out in the scene now rumors had swirled on social media for several days that the 29 year old Balotelli currently at Brescia will be joining the team which has maintained a hold on the UAE league title in 2018-2019 after the current campaign was cancelled due to the coronavirus pandemic and this is according to Ali Khalid now with that in mind what do we know about Mario Balotelli? For those that are itching there going, who's Mario Balo? What? Um, Mario Balotelli is uh, someone who represents the Italian national team, but his birth parents are Ghanaian. Yes, Ghanaian. You know what? Just for that, let's give them a round of applause for the Ghanaian parents because we love Ghana on the show. Uh, they put him in foster care when he suffered serious health issues as a toddler. His foster parents are Francisco and Silvio Balotelli, and they brought him up in Brescia, Italy. Now, Balotelli's always been someone, uh, some sort of an enigma. His nickname is Super Mario. He's someone that uh, has represented Italy, obviously. He had a daughter, Pia, who was born on December 5th, 2012. Initially denied she was his daughter, but finally took responsibility following a positive DNA test that proved paternity. He plans to retire. Not yet, Charger fans. He's coming here first, hopefully. And that's something that I'm, uh, I'm very interested about. See how he'd adapt to a, a new culture, a new city. Uh, he'd be very, very well, uh, you know, brought in here. They'll love him here. He's uh, someone who's done things his own way. 
He's won the Premier League with Manchester City as well. You've got to remember that. That whole Aguero, <laughs> as we remember it, was from him. So, thinking of all that, why is it that we are drawn to such characters when it comes down to sports? Not just football, basketball, mixed martial arts, boxing, you name it. There's always these characters where we try and understand what mindset they have and what they're thinking and how they're thinking it. Because Mario Balotelli has been around the world and played at some of the biggest clubs. You might also forget that Mario Balotelli did represent Liverpool. And that is something in 2012, 2013, and 2013, 2014, um, he was at Milan. Then he moved on to Liverpool 2014-15, which is crazy. He went to Nice, he went to Marseille, he went to Brescia. He's had a, a lucrative international career. They say he's so talented, probably not the best trainer in the world, but he's so gifted as an athlete. And Mario Balotelli is 29 years old. That's six foot three. He's a lot bigger than what people think. His goals as he scored from the national team from 2008 to 2010, he represented the under 21, scoring six and 16. And 2010 onwards, he's got 14 goals in 36 games but saying that we still kind of overlook him why do we overlook him why always him why do we always look past the talented Balotelli and why hasn't any coach been able to if even so control the personality of Mario Balotelli the talent that he has and we hear this all the time but he's always up to something and he has come up with a lot of things we're saying why always me I think personally there's so many things about this player. If he comes to Sharjah, like we're led to believe, it's going to be so exciting because this player brings a lot of talent. He might surprise you with the volley from the most impossible angle, but also his his um, his demeanor sometimes can be frustrating. He will definitely be a fan favorite, and, I, and trust me when I say this, I'd love to get him on the halftime show. So, hey, Mario, if you're watching, let me just tell you, you're most welcome in that seat over there. Let's get you down here. Let's talk about your career and why always you and I'd love to hear all about it coming up next guys we've got the final segment where we answer your questions and comments for the day including the topic of the day straight after day featuring Burner Boy location here you go this is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on oh, 95 95 oh he loves the fire this is the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host coming everything Sport International Local. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in. Thank you guys for keeping me company. Quite a few questions coming in, not on the text, but on the Instagram live. Thank you guys for that. Like, you know, my only fans. <laughs> I'll tell you now, um, you guys keep me company. I'm blessed to have that. And everyone who's tuned in on the YouTube as well. Thank you very much for supporting and showing love. Uh, supporting and showing love uh, on the Halftime Show Pulse 95. All right, so some of your questions coming in. Who is uh, your top four uh, revised right okay so obviously I had Liverpool winning at City actually if you check my podcast from the beginning of the season 
people won't believe this I'm going to have to dig that out I actually said Liverpool would win the Premier League and I said Man City would win the Champions League that was my prediction Alak tuning in from Saudi you will know this you heard that show I remember that for a fact so yeah so I was right on the on the, on the, the, the first one anyway uh, third and fourth I do feel uh, Chelsea will finish third and United will finish fourth and I'm still strong about Wolves finishing fifth and that was kind of the, the outsider that I said I wanted to kind of do well so so yeah that, those are my top four yes United fans you made it in the top four you can thank Bournemouth and Villa for that and maybe Southampton tonight but hey listen the way that United have responded since uh, Project Restart has been phenomenal you got to give them credit where it's due now what did I think of the Arsenal-Tottenham game? The North London derby. I try not to be long on this one. Right, so I think coming into this game, Arsenal were the favourites, which is not normally the case seeing that Tottenham have finished above them in the last three years. However, Arsenal finished above them in the last 21 before that. So let's just put that straight. I think it was old school versus new school. And I think the philosophy of both managers are extremely different and couldn't be uh, any different from each other. Uh, the game was slow and it was it was kind of frustrating. But again, when you hear that, you kind of hear a Mourinho team, especially playing against a big club. Um, having that, they sat back uh, Tottenham and they let Arsenal beat Arsenal by uh, making unforced errors and to be very fair Arsenal should have put Leicester away in the first game completely should have finished that off in, in at half time lost a man and then kind of lost the game after that although it was a draw they still felt like they lost the game against Tottenham right now both teams are nowhere near the top four and it shows and I'm glad I actually hope I know people won't believe this but I actually hope Arsenal don't finish in the top seven and I say that now I'd never wish Arsenal to lose but I don't mind them drawing the next couple of games mainly for the fact that they won't have Europa League next year because Champions League is way out of their reach. Arteta can start fresh, have a preseason on his belt, take out the Deadwood, bring in his players, have them fit the way he wants to fit a system in play. And then we can talk about, you know, not even winning league, but competing. That's kind of like my first thing. Bearing in mind, and I'm not defending Tottenham and Arsenal fans, but bearing in mind that these teams that these managers have inherited are not their players. So it's very hard to judge them on, on that basis. But saying that, that's my view on it. Uh, Mourinho, again, does what he does best. He gets results. Is it pretty? Is it good for the fans? In fact, I think if fans were in the stadium, they probably would have been bored. And that would have been, you know, what Mourinho doesn't care about, but he got it done. Anyway, guys, I am reaching full time on the Halftime Show. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure you check us out on Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 3 to 4. And also check out check us out on the YouTube channel as well. Thank you so much for the love. Share and support and like the thing. And I will be back on Wednesday, 3 to 4. And I have a special guest for you on Saturday. Peace, guys, and love. Take care. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.